From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Yuha from Logmore. Yuha, it's really nice to have you on. Thanks for having me, Brad. It's great to be here. Absolutely. I'm really excited for today's discussion. To kick us off, can you tell me a bit about yourself and your company? So who you are, what your company is, what you guys are up to. Thanks. Happy to do that. So my name is Yuha Lahtela. I'm based out of San Francisco Bay area. I've been here for the last nine years. I've done various different tech jobs, general management, business development, sales, marketing, and those kind of things. And now I'm the CEO of Logmore, company headquartered in Finland. So I'm also Finnish. I'm originally from there. And we provide, Logmore provides condition monitoring for logistics shipments. And with condition monitoring, we mean things like temperature monitoring, shock monitoring, lighting, and humidity, for instance. And our, prov- our product is a, the unique feature in our product is a dynamic QR code. So everything is based on a dynamic QR code, which we have patented. So in the di- data locker that we develop, there's a display which contains the dynamic QR code. And when the device the IoT device is getting the updated sensor readings. That's when the QR code also changes. And again, it's a generic QR code, which you can read with any QR code reader like smartphone, for example. So no apps, installations, anything additional infrastructure needed whatsoever. It's very user-friendly and super easy to set up. That's genius. So you can get the, you have this basically device that can read temperature and moisture and all this data. And you can get the data by scanning a QR code on the device versus using something like Bluetooth or whatnot. That's a genius use for QR codes. Indeed, we have developed a lot of expertise around QR codes in general in the comp- the way we, uh, how you can use them to transfer transfer data or to encrypt data. That's very fascinating. And it requires quite a lot of expertise to do that in such a way that you can create a, basically an endless amount of unique QR codes that then work in an IoT device and help you to collect the data from the device and then upload it automatically to, to the cloud. So it's very unique and a scalable way. You mentioned Bluetooth, other radio technologies like NFC, for example, they have their benefits for sure. But quite often in large volumes, you run in, you, you're starting to run into a bandwidth issues with those kind of technologies. Whereas in our case, you basically are transferring the data with the speed of light and you always know what you're measuring. There's no conflicting radio signals. You can point your device to the particular item that you want to measure and you get the data directly out of the, out of that particular package or palette or individual product whatever you're messing. I love it. So what's your story? How did you get into this space? It's a very specific space. I love it. Like, how did you get into this? Yeah, like I said, I've been in tech business for pretty much throughout my career for 20 plus years now. Before Logmore, I worked at Uber. I was heading their data technology, safety and compliance, business development and partnerships. And technology has always fascinated me. I've always been a sort of like a commercial person with very strong strings attached to a product. And what I saw in Logmore when the company approached me first for the CEO position and then later on I transitioned to the CEO role, I found the product immediately very unique. 
uh, fascinating. And I really liked the way how the product was being developed, uh, how the design was done, everything in-house. And, and there was some really unique aspects in the product itself. It was very different from anything that I had seen in the market before. And then, of course, the team, the team around the founders, around the other uh, technology, the product, how they had built the company and what they needed from a person like me. I think that really, I found that very interesting. It was, it was a perfect timing also for me. I love it. So let's talk about advice you have when it comes to building a company and growing a company. What's been your approach to grow this company and maybe this past year? And how are you thinking about things this year? I think first and foremost, it's the people. So it's very important to have uh, the team in place, the team that can really take to grow the business, to take your company to that next stage where you want to go. That expertise is really, that's the number one requirement to have the right people on board. Then the second thing I think is the drumbeat that you have to keep, you have to push for product. Uh, there, there needs to be a constant flow of deliveries and the opportunity always becomes before risk. There's always a certain level of risk, especially when you operate in an environment such as ours, where our customers do, they, they operate their business under either under regulations or, or heavy regulations, so to say. So there's a lot of regulations in our pharma logistics customers, uh, for example, the, which puts us in a situation where we also have to be compliant with a lot of things. Even in such a situation, the opportunity always comes before the risk. You have to consider the risks and weigh them, but always go for the opportunity. I love that for sure. Opportunity comes before risk. I think that's a good mantra to follow. What have been some lessons learned? Have you learned anything interesting these past couple of years, this quarter, any large insights? I've learned once again, a very basic insight, which is about communication, how important it is for everybody in the company, but especially for the CEO, just to make sure that everybody is aware of the strategy of the targets of the company status. And I wish that there, there was somebody to remind me all the time about this. I, I try to do my best, but I realize every day that that's one of the things that, that you're never like too good at there's no no such thing as over communication in my opinion people emphasize that a lot and i think it needs to be emphasized it's it's again it has been the biggest learning for me how important it is people a lot of our team members also they work remotely we want to offer that option to our people that that they can work from home during during the week we of course have office space as well available and people come to the office for brainstorming and team events and those kind of things and so on. But but that that remote working especially requires even better, better communication. Absolutely. Let's talk about attracting customer attention. So thinking about things like content, LinkedIn, social, all this stuff. Are you doing anything there when it comes to that? How are you viewing that? Even just more broadly, sales and marketing, attracting the attention of customers, potential customers, all that. Yes, absolutely. So uh, you mentioned LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is probably our most important marketing channel these days. If we think about like different media, we do very like highly targeted marketing. Uh, our customers expect certain thought, certain level of thought leadership from us. So we uh, we publish quite a lot of LinkedIn articles, blog posts as well, which we then link 
to LinkedIn or, or we which we ampl amplify through Twitter, for example. But yeah, we publish quite a lot of written articles. We success stories with our customers. We publish them in LinkedIn. We found them extremely powerful. And it's actually very, it's great to have customers who are willing to do those kind of things with us. It's not something that all companies do these days anymore. They don't do product testimonials, for example, in the same way as in the past. So those kind of things are extremely important for us. And then we, we attend a lot of events. Our business, like logistics, supply chain, traditionally has acted very much like just by being in events. So face-to-face -face meetings in different trade shows are extremely important for us. Absolutely. I agree. But what's one thing you wish you had known when you first became CEO that you know now? I guess it really depends on your business and the environment. I'm a CEO of a startup company. So although there are, must be a lot of similarities between the different CEO roles in different companies, I still feel that startups are quite unique environments. Every single decision is <laughs> more or less. There's no other than strategic decisions in the startup world. Things happen really fast. The clock speed is extremely fast. I think what I wish I would have known when I took the job is, is, uh, is the importance of the CEO for being that person who, who creates the company culture, who jointly with the founders creates the company culture and emphasizes that I have been, I'm very operational as a person. I like results. I like progress. But it's equally important to create that environment where, where culture, culture really matters and the things that you do actually have a, a wider meaning than just the, the numeric results. So that is super important. And at Lockmore, our culture and our vision is really about reducing the food and pharma waste, which is a huge problem for the whole humanity. Absolutely. If you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be and why? I think the advice that I would give to myself is to dare to be more brave, try new things and not being afraid to fail. I think, I think that's, that's the, uh, the thing that I would, would hope I would have done more in my career just to, to take the opportunity and uh, be more brave. I feel that I have, I've done a lot of things, but there are certain moments in my career where I realize now afterwards that I should have just been more brave, dared to jump on a thing and be more aggressive and also to, to trust my own abilities more. Absolutely. And if you could offer one piece of advice to your industry as a whole, what would it be? I think it's, it's related to what I just said, to be more open to new ideas, new technologies. Six and supply chain has gone through quite a big transformation in the recent years. We've seen companies like Amazon and Alibaba and others entering the consumer, like online e-commerce, consumer logistics, last mile, that whole concept. It's quite recent. Um, but then still in the B2B logistics in that very traditional part of the supply chain. Things are being done in many places in quite a traditional way. I hope companies still within this financial situation that we have in the marketplace where companies are more 
careful about costs and making new investments and taking risks in general, that, that companies would still explore new technologies, be more open for them. And in the end, of course, what matters is the commercial interest. Yeah, I think that's the thing that I, the advice that I would like to give to logistics that, that, that yeah, it's, uh, it's good to still invest into new technologies and we should all consider doing that. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. It's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining today and sharing all your wisdom and insights. Much appreciated. Thank you so much, Brad. And it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.